100 Instagram comments a day is going to take you a long time. And you know what? Right now, most of us, what do we have on our hands? Time. What's up and welcome to Start Yours, a podcast from Oberlo. My name is David Vranikar. I'm with Oberlo. And today we are chatting with Magda Kuzminski. Magda works on the Oberlo YouTube team, and she's also the mastermind of the Oberlo Instagram account. So whether you knew it or not, if you are familiar with Oberlo, then you are probably already familiar with Magda's awesome work. And we enlisted her today to talk about what entrepreneurs and store owners should be doing right now, given that their stores might not be doing tons in terms of sales. So we've heard that things are slow for a lot of Oberlo users, a lot of e-commerce store owners, and things in general are just really, really uncertain. And of course that goes uh, beyond e-commerce. This is just a weird, uncertain time across the board. But while we are uh, dealing with that, there are still ways to improve so that when things do bounce back whenever that is. Our stores and our psyches are better than ever and we are ready to roll. So Magda is gonna hit us with several things that we can start doing today to make that happen. Uh, we hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do, please consider subscribing. All right, here is Magda. All right, Magda, uh, before we uh, dig in to these different topics, I wanted to ask you first off where you are right now. Because normally when we do these, you know, you've done a couple podcasts with us before. Uh, we are, you know, sitting at the same table in the Oberlo office. Um, it's it's very uh, familiar territory for us. But now uh, I'm just looking at a computer screen. You are nowhere to be found. So where where are you as we speak right now? Well, David, I am actually standing at a makeshift standing table that I made on my kitchen counter. I couldn't sit at my kitchen table anymore. My back felt like it was going to break. So <laughs> yeah, so I've pretty much made a makeshift standing table and I'm just working from home. Uh, so I definitely understand how people are feeling if they're stuck at home or any of the struggles they have uh, working from home. The only upside to this is that nobody can see that I haven't had a haircut in a few weeks. So that is one really nice upside. Hey, I'm, but, I'm wearing yeah. sweatpants. So I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, working from home, uh, working from my kitchen counter. Cool. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at the kitchen table. My uh, my makeshift area was in, was in the hallway. So I moved from that to the kitchen table. It sounds like you went from the kitchen table to your improv setup. So whatever works, I know, uh, I know everybody's kind of dealing with some, some new, uh, some new back pain for, for parts of their back they didn't know existed. So it's kind of getting to be getting to be that part of this grind where we're, you know, kind of stuck indoors and stuck at the apartment or the house for for weeks now. And so kind of a new world we're living in. But yes, makeshift desks, makeshift stuff, you know, in the hallway or the kitchen, wherever, wherever works. So yeah, wherever works. And to be honest, you have to get a little bit creative. I have been moving from room to room. And I only have two rooms in here. So I've been moving from wall to wall, <laughs> even <laughs> getting a little bit creative with my desk setup. But we are going to make it through this. And uh, yeah, I'm really starting to get to know every part of this apartment. Great. Well, you, you you sound good. So that's that's the most important thing for for our purposes today. So um, yeah, without further ado, let's dig into these and, and start dorking out a little bit on on what people should keep in mind. Um, you know, during this this weird period that that we're talking about. You know, things are turned upside down for everybody on a lot of different fronts. And so the first thing that that dropshippers and and e-commerce entrepreneurs need to keep in mind that we're going to talk about number one is to prepare for delays. And you know, shipping times have always been you know one of the biggest headaches for for dropshipping businesses. And this is a topic that we've covered so much on on the YouTube channel and on the blog and on the podcast. It's a, a thorn in the side of everybody who's who's ever dropshipped. But what's becoming clear now is that the recommendations and the suggestions that we've done in the past they're they're really 
not bulletproof. So before we would have said, you know, be sure to use e-packet shipping or, um, you know, be sure to contact your supplier and ask them how long it'll take. So there's our, you know, in normal times, these are, are really, really nice, really, you know, well thought out recommendations. But right now, you know, nothing is is for sure. And so what uh, what should people keep in mind when it comes to to delays and, and preparing for perhaps preparing for the worst uh, when, when it comes to shipping times? Well, in the past, when dropshippers have had an issue with shipping, it was usually the fact that the shipping took too long. But now we don't really even know if there's an availability uh, for suppliers to ship products and for those products to actually uh, get to customers. So I think that this requires just a little bit of explaining um, so that people really understand what's going on. So now most of the operations in China are starting to reopen again. Suppliers are selling products. However, most countries are have very strict border controls um, and are not allowing um, a lot of flights or anything really into the country. So your supplier might actually be able to ship a product, but the country that the customer is in may not allow that product as well. So it really is becoming quite difficult and extremely confusing um, on both ends for both the customer and also for the drop shippers. So in this time um, with the coronavirus, I would definitely suggest preparing for delays. Um, we've been interviewing a lot of different drop shippers and these are pro drop shippers who have worked with lots of suppliers and have shipped out lots of products in the past. Some of them are suggesting to stop all sales because they are worried about products getting to customers. Others suggest using uh, mail carriers that are different from e-packets. And what I've noticed is that all the information is conflicting, unfortunately, and that doesn't make it easy for someone who's trying to figure their way out through this shipping mess uh, what to do and what is going on. And so for that reason, I think that this is the perfect time to prepare for delays and slow down a little bit. To give you an example, I recently ordered a product from AliExpress last week, and I actually saw through shipment tracking that is it is on its way to Germany. So that seems to be working. However, I ordered a figurine from Etsy uh, that is supposed to be going from Belgium to Canada. Sorry if that's confusing. <laughs> and the seller told me that they can't ship it for at least a week because the borders in Belgium are completely closed. So as you can see, even just from my personal experiences, uh, there's a lot of conflict between what's able to be shipped, what's not able to be shipped. So I think the best thing to do here is to really slow down. And to start, I would suggest slowing down your ads or stop running your ads completely. Um, this is a time when you do not want to have the added stress of customers wondering where their orders are, customers becoming upset, and products potentially not reaching their final destination. So I would definitely suggest first to stop running your ads and take this time to focus on other aspects of your business. The next thing I would suggest doing is informing customers of delays. Now, a few weeks ago, a lot of drop shippers were worried because they felt that if they mentioned the coronavirus, customers would know that their products were coming from China and things would get a little messy. Well, now they're messy worldwide. So every country in the world is feeling the effects of the coronavirus. So because of this, you can feel confident letting your customers know what's going on and that there may be delays. To give you a real world example, 
Um, Amazon Prime in Germany is now taking up to one month to deliver some products. So if you ever thought that drop shipping, shipping times are long, well, not anymore. Now one month might be even the standard. So it's really important to make sure that you let customers know. They will be understanding. They are also stuck at home. They are also maybe online shopping at this time because they're pretty bored. They can see the delays and notifications on every single online store, letting them know that it's going to take a little bit longer um, due to uh, the coronavirus. And they will be understanding. Usually, customers appreciate your honesty the most. So if you let customers know what's going on, um, you can either do this through sending an email to them, uh, you can do this by adding it into your product description page. You can do this by adding a banner at the top of the page. Then you can establish a trustful relationship with your customer. So overall, I would definitely use this time to pause, put a break on the ads, and focus on some other things instead. And before you put a pause, of course, make sure you let customers know. Um, make sure you put it on your storefront, and customers will really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I think the the idea of of getting you know getting communication as a customer from the from the company about coronavirus is yeah like you said it's not just something super proactive these days now it's like it's really expected and so you see these you see banners on websites you like in in emails and confirmation emails um, this is mentioned as a as a potential you know complication when it comes to delivery and so it, it it's not anything that uh, that we should be you know shying away from it's really important to because people are going to be you know scanning for for this topic. Just, you know, because everybody knows it's no longer, like you said, it's no longer some obscure thing happening in China. Um, it's it's everywhere now. And so certainly yeah. good to be transparent about that. And I think it's important to note, you know, if you want to look at, for an example, just jump into your email inbox. Pretty much every single email from a company that you maybe subscribe to is regarding the coronavirus. And these are huge companies. And these are companies that make a lot of money. So if they are sending out an email to let their customers know what's going on, then you should take that as a sign that you should too. Um, you know, lead by their example. And if you're looking for language and if you're wondering, well, what do I really say? Because I think that it can be difficult when you sit down and you know, you're trying to write out a banner or you're trying to write out a message in your product descriptions. It's a little bit harder than it seems to um, explain it, I think, in a professional way. So what I would suggest and something that I like to do is look at how other companies are responding to it. What language are they using? Um, are, you, are they taking a communal tone, um, a personal tone? So definitely just look through your email or look at online stores that are similar to yours and look at the way that they're talking about it. And if you feel that it's genuine, apply some of that language to your own store. So that way you don't have to worry about trying to figure out what to say exactly yourself. And you can use uh, some guidance from other companies who pay people a lot of money to write those. So that will definitely be helpful. Cool. And before we get to the, the second point here, let me just uh, put a little byline on, on where we are right now. So we're in Germany recording this. Just uh, I, I mentioned that because you mentioned uh, that you had you know, ordered something here uh, from China. So that's that's where when we say here, we're talking about Germany. And then and then time wise, it's March 26th. And so um, this this topic has been changing so fast. Who knows what's going to happen when this when this episode runs. But um, that's kind of the uh, where we are right now um, as, as far as the, uh, the location and the time. So number two here, reach out to 
your suppliers. And this is, this is a great recommendation. This was a good recommendation you know, two months ago. It was a good recommendation a year ago, um, but it, it's never been more important than it is now. And so, so we talked at the top about the ways that companies are gonna have to, to navigate new, new logistical hurdles, new you know, shipping delays, new uh, delivery time windows. Um, there's a lot of variables in play right now. So what, what should people, when we say reach out to your suppliers, what should they be asking? What should they be looking for? Uh, and what should they be hoping to hear uh, from the other end? So if you are still committed to running your store um, and leaving it open, it's imperative that you reach out to your supplier. Right now, things in China are getting back to normal. And because of that, suppliers are really excited to open their businesses up again. However, there have been reports that some suppliers may not have stock um, and some of them are maybe fabricating the stock that they do have or what is available because they are just so excited to jump back into the business. So it's really important that you reach out to your supplier and ask them. This is really easy. You can reach out to your supplier on AliExpress. If you go to the product page at the top, you can see the supplier's name. It drops down and there's a contact now button uh, with a little mail icon beside it. So you can use that to reach out to them right away. Now, when you do reach out to them and you press that contact now button, it's really important that you ask if they do have stock available, um, what their processing time is right now and how long it's going to take them to ship the product. This way you can get a better understanding of exactly their situation and you can also make sure that they do have products to ship. Now, after interviewing a few drop shippers about their experiences um, with the coronavirus and how it's affected their business, we've learned that some suppliers may be fabricating their responses because they just want the business. So what you really want to do is establish a better connection with your supplier. Feel free to ask them to jump on a Google Hangout or a video call. Ask them to send pictures of the stock of products. Um, move it to email. Get out of the AliExpress chat and move it to a place where you can get more information. There is nothing wrong with asking more questions. It will always provide you with just more information which could only benefit you. And it's really important that you do this because that way you'll know exactly what the situation is with them and whether or not you'll be able to sell their products. Personally, I would still suggest using this as as a time to pause and preparing for delays by not running ads. Um, however, if you are still running a business, then this is imperative. One tactic that I would suggest that is going to prove this all is ordering a test product. If you, have a, if you are selling a product in your store and you reach out to the supplier, they say they have stock, but you're wondering if they're telling the truth or not, go ahead and order a test product. It does not hurt to have an extra test product on hand. You can always use that to uh, make more content or you can always use it for a giveaway or something like that. However, this way you can actually see how long that product is going to take to get from your supplier to yourself. Now, of course, you may not be advertising to the country you live in. So to give you an example, if I ordered a product from AliExpress, it's going to be coming to Germany. Now, if it does arrive in Germany, that may not mean that it might be able to get to the United States. So use your discretion here. But if you are advertising um, to the country that you live in, that's a really safe way to just be able to uh, test the product and make sure that suppliers are actually 
shipping it. And, and it's not just a matter of if the, the supplier is, is shipping it. it it's also has to do with the whole delivery infrastructure that's going to get it there. Because I think, you know, you could have a video call with a supplier and they say, hey, look, like we are flush with products, like we are staffed, we are ready to roll, like we're, we're back, we're back at work. Um, which would be awesome, you know, on, on, on the, the China side. But then like, I know, for example, if, when you ship stuff to, to Europe, um, you know, the Netherlands is the, is the landing point for a lot of those products. And then they get, you know, distributed, uh, to the various countries throughout Europe from there. But, you know, there's a, still a lot of hurdles between, uh, you know, the, the supplier's stock room and the, the customer who could be, you know, after, after the, the stopover in the Netherlands, and then after getting, you know, routed through two different countries, and then it finally gets to, to France or wherever, um, it's, it's no guarantee that all that stuff is still in place. And so, you know, what you're talking about with actually ordering the product, it's a good way to, to cut through any, any guessing or any, any, uh, you know, hypotheses you have about the, you know, how, how solid the infrastructure is, you know, you can just see for yourself by, by trying to see if you can get it to your door. And then if it arrives, how long, how long did it take? Exactly. I think that's just the best way to do it. Also, I think that this advice that uh, I'm giving right now, this is more geared towards a store owner who has a lot of orders or is dealing with a lot of sales. If you are just getting started, trying to uh, get on a video chat with the supplier, prove that they have products, you know, trying to you know, maneuver around this shipping nightmare worldwide right now is not really the most effective use of your time. If you are just getting started, I would not suggest launching a store right now. Um, I think that this is, this advice is more for someone who is already running a store. You know, they're, they're getting orders right now. Customers are purchasing and they are trying to figure out a solution for that. But if you are not getting any active orders right now, you should reach out to your supplier regardless, but this might not be the best time um, to kind of maneuver around all these uncertainties because it's going to take a long time. And I think that you can use that time elsewhere. Um, and then once things kind of settle down, uh, you can get started uh, with shipping products. Next up, number three on the list is learn. And, and Magda, I want you to, uh, to sell me on this one a little bit because I could see some people um, you know, perhaps rolling their eyes here because learning, you know, learning is not the same as making sales. It's not as exciting, not as sexy. So uh, before we get into these different methods of learning that, that we're going to hit on, um, tell us why, you know, why is learning something that's, that's viable and that people should, you know, be taking seriously as, as something to be doing during this, this weird period that we're in. I can I'm totally understand people rolling their eyes here. You know, I'm sure they've heard this enough learning, use this time to meditate. I'm sure they've heard it uh, more than <laughs> once from more than one place, but it does ring true. And I think that's for um, a number of reasons. So if you're just getting started, or if you were thinking about getting started with drop shipping before, I'm sure at some point you thought, yeah, I can do drop shipping. That looks pretty easy. Now, drop shipping is super simple and straightforward, but it's not necessarily easy because there's a lot of different aspects to it, um, a lot of things you need to learn. For someone who's just getting started, you might think, oh, perfect, I just set up a product page, boom, boom, and then I've got sales. Well, that's not exactly how it works. A product page can take you hours days to figure out, to optimize, um, you know, to create GIFs for, to create content for. Each aspect of a dropshipping business takes a really long time to learn and to master um, and to properly optimize. So 
This is the perfect time to start learning that now. Rodney and Corey on a recent podcast said that they were not going to be running ads at this time or making sales, uh, but they've been busier than ever because there's never a time where you've learned everything you need to know about dropshipping. You could probably spend the next few weeks learning about Facebook ads and you still wouldn't have covered everything. However, you'll be a lot closer to understanding them and mastering them and being able to use them in an effective way. In terms of learning, there's a lot of different ways that you can learn. Um, you can either learn through books, you can learn through YouTube videos, or you can also learn through courses. Um, right now, I just want to mention that Oberlo 101 will be free, completely free until April 17th with the code learn from home no spaces. So this is the perfect time to go ahead, grab the course. It's not going to expire after April 17th, but this is the perfect time to kind of jump in and start learning. And that course, I should, you know, just to double plug it here that it, it's hardcore. It's like eight or nine hours long. We dig into every facet of setting up a store. So it's really, really thorough. And yeah, there's just top, top to bottom. It's, it's really, really comprehensive. So again, like Magda said, learn from home, um, use that code before the 17th and you'll have, you know, lifetime access to that course and it's, it's super valuable. So yeah, just to, uh, we're not, we're not plugging it to, to make money here. We're plugging it to, you know, to give you guys a, a way that, you know, to learn and to, to level up. Cause you know, like we were saying, it, it, it can be a little bit of a, of a tricky sell to say, Hey, like, you know, you don't need to make sales, just learn. Um, but we're, we're going to put our money where our mouth is and, you know, give, give this out for free. So yeah, Magda, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to, uh, just wanted to give the hard pitch here. No, absolutely. And I think that if you are just getting started or just considering drop shipping, you probably have thought, okay, this is pretty simple. I'll be able to figure it out. I can guarantee you that once you jump into Overload 101 and realize that there's nine hours of content and learning to go through, there is a lot more to learn than you think. And of course, if you want to start drop shipping, it's because you probably want to start making money uh, to some degree. Of course, you want to build your business as well, but you do want to start making money. However, learning now is going to help you save on advertising costs. It's going to help you save on a lot of things that might have cost you money if you just jumped into it. Um, personally, when I started drop shipping and I started, let's say, running Facebook ads, for example, I was just blowing money everywhere. I was putting money in here, money in here, and I wasted and spent a lot of money just trying to figure Facebook ads out. However, if at that time I had taken Oberlo 101, this was uh, a few years before Oberlo 101 for everyone listening. Otherwise, um, I would have known by this point. But if I had taken Oberlo 101 or been able to... You could have watched us screw up and watched us burn money. Exactly. You know, why burn your own money when you can watch us burn the money for you and then you can just take the learning lessons from it? So this is not only a time to be learning. You're almost preparing. You're, you're preparing to launch money into your ads later, but you're preparing to do it in a smart way. And being able to learn now is going to really help you later when it is time to run ads. You are going to be able to make your dollar go a lot further later than if you just started running Facebook ads now. You know, I know people will be kind of laughing about it um, who are learning and someone will say to them, you're just learning, like, why are you spending this time doing that? But don't listen to those people. Those are also the same people who discourage you from starting a business, who discourage you from trying anything new. When it comes to learning, 
you can never learn too much. Um, and I think that it's really, really important. Even if, for example, if it's just reading a book. There's a lot of books that the dropshippers swear by. For example, The 4-Hour Workweek. Sure, you may be working from home now, but the point of that book is to look into multiple streams of income. You can start learning about that now. Open your mind up a little bit. You know, get a different perspective. Another example, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There's a great book about, uh, you know, how to be more financially free. And that is something that you can learn now and apply once things go back to normal. You'll be in a way better headspace to start building your store and bringing in sales if you take the time to learn now. And it will pay off. I don't think there's a single person out there who's ever read a book uh, who's thought, wow, that was a total waste of time. I've read a few clunkers, but the ones you mentioned are are, <laughs> are good. So those, those are legit. And then, you know, if, and if you're not reading those books or other books, um, we're going to be relentlessly knocking out content to help you learn in the meantime. And so, you know, on the YouTube channel, on the blog, our eBooks, the podcast, we're, we're taking this really seriously as well. And so, um, we, we got you covered. If you are, if you're looking to learn, um, we, uh, we're looking to, to learn with you. So awesome. All right. Number four on the list, grow social media channels. Now I think everybody who, who runs a business these days knows that, that social is, is a, you know, an awesome way to drive to drive eyeballs uh, to your to your store and then to, to generate interest, build community, et cetera, et cetera. Um, why is now, uh, when, when the sales might be a little bit dry, why is now a good time to be growing those? Everyone is inside right now, David. I think that we all have been on social media probably a little bit extra, maybe even a little bit too much. But frankly, if you're stuck at home all day, there sometimes is not, is not much to do. So you probably are more drawn to social media than normal, where you might normally be, let's say, be going outside. So this is a time where most people are hanging out on their phones and are on social media. So this is the perfect opportunity to start building your community and audience on social media platforms platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. Now, to someone who is new or a beginner, they might wonder, what's the point of building a community? Uh, what's the point of building an audience? Well, the point of building a community and audience is that you can use that later to build a customer base. And you can use that customer base to either sell to them, uh, promote products to them, or you can use that customer base to help you build a customer profile, which will actually help when you're advertising on Facebook. This is a classic and proven free strategy. So you might be wondering, well, if it's so classic and proven, why don't most people do it? The reason being is that it takes a long time. Um, when you're running ads on Facebook, you just Put up the ad, pump some money into it, and show it to people. But if you want to build an audience and a customer base, you need to do it genuinely. No one is going to follow your Instagram if you're just, let's say, posting pictures of your product um, and how much they cost. People are looking for real content. You actually need to build a brand if you want to take advantage of these social media platforms. And this is huge because if you build a big enough brand on these social media platforms, you actually might not even have to run Facebook ads for quite a while because you've got such a huge community um, and customer base to get started with. To give you an example, Rodney and Corey built an entire audience on Instagram and were able to make huge sales by 
advertising to them without having to actually run ads. Um, they simply shared it with their audience and their audience just went crazy. They even, I mean, they used social media to figure out what they were going to sell. So, I mean, they had, like, I remember talking to them and they had, uh, they explained this on the podcast. It was several months ago, but they, it was like, they put up a, a fantasy games account. They had a, 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 like an account devoted to basketball and a few other things. I mean, they, they didn't know what they were even going to specialize in. And so they, they you know, had a handful of accounts. They figured out you know, which ones had the most uh, active, the most engaged followers. And then they used that to kind of you know, do their product research. And then and they worked backwards from the from like the popularity of the accounts to their store. And I, I think that there's this kind of the, the standard operating procedure is, is that you, you know, you open up a store, you figure out what you're going to sell, and then you start building your social community. But, you know, we've seen with, you know, with this example, and then there, there's other people as well. There's a success story about this woman, uh, Jenny Lai, who uh, she did over half a million in revenue um, on, on the, the strength of her Instagram following, which she built like without a store. Like she was just really good at Instagram. And then like she, she put a store on top of that later on. So, um, yeah, this idea of, of growing social, you don't need to be, you don't need to have a store yet. You don't need to be pushing for sales. Like, you know, like Magda said, if, if your posts are just about products and prices, like those aren't going to do well anyway. So to, to have some sort of legitimate social media community before or, or while you're, you're building your store, I mean, that's, that's gold. And we've seen a lot of people, you know, do that. You don't need to, you don't need the store first. And, and especially if you just started, or if you're thinking about starting, it's a weird time to be making sales for all the reasons that we've been talking about. The shipping's odd. The, I think customers are going to be a little bit tight with money, you know, uh, right now. So do the social first. And then once things kind of clear up, hopefully, you know, sooner rather than later, um, you're going to have these, these strong organic social channels to play with. Absolutely. And one thing that's important to note is this strategy is free and works extremely well, but it takes a long time. It's not going to just happen in one week. It's definitely going to take you a few weeks. So don't underestimate that. Get started now. Just start posting, start following people, start engaging with your community. Emma Reed, who we've had on the podcast and on our YouTube channel, suggested leaving 100 Instagram comments a day. Um, and this is to help you build your brand and build your community. 100 Instagram comments a day is going to take you a long time. And you know what? Right now, most of us, what do we have on our hands? Time. So this is actually the perfect opportunity. If you thought before, you know, you were going to work and you did not have time in the evenings to be constantly on Instagram and making content for your brand, hopefully now you do, or at least even a little bit more time. But this strategy is extremely effective. However, it is going to take you a little bit of time. So this is the perfect opportunity to get started with it. Also, if you want to, for example, use influencers um, rather than just building the community, use this time to start building a list of influencers that you'd want to reach out to in Google Sheets. Um, there are so many ways to kind of prepare uh, so that when this does die down, you will be ready to go and ready to hit the ground running. All right, we're gonna catch our breath for 30 seconds, which means that you can skip ahead. Or if you're still here, you can let me tell you real quick, I promise, super quick, how much we'd appreciate it if you took a teeny tiny moment to rate and or review Start Yours on your podcast app. The more ratings we have for Start Yours, the more awesome guests we'll be able to have. And the more awesome guests that we have on here, the more chances we'll get to bring you inspiration and education from people at the front lines of launching a business. So now, later, whenever, we'd be tickled to get a rating or a review or both. All right, 30 seconds is up. Back to the show.
All right, let's hit on number five now. Start email marketing. And, and this one's cool, uh, Magda, but, but I think email is kind of the, the forgotten cousin of the channels that you just mentioned. I mean, Instagram and, and now like more than ever, TikTok. I mean, these are very kind of chic ways to, to uh, engage with customers. And, and email is, it's kind of old school. It's, it's, the, uh, you know, it's definitely old fashioned in, in, in comparison to some of these emerging channels. Um, there's no, there's no low hanging fruit. Uh, it, it, it's definitely, you know, a system that, uh, might seem a little bit antiquated, but, um, it's still very, very valuable. Why is it valuable? And, and what should people be doing now to make it more valuable? I completely understand David. I know I have been trying to sell email to people for months, maybe even years at this point, something about email just does not click with people. They either don't believe it or it's maybe just not the shiniest, uh, shiniest strategy out there, which is completely understandable. However, email is effective. That is just the fact of the matter. When I wake up in the morning, sometimes I check Instagram, sometimes I check TikTok, sometimes not though. But what I do always check multiple times throughout the day is my email. That is a way that you can get directly into someone's inbox and it is extremely effective. When it comes to email, especially in e-commerce, it's important because email is a way to get a customer to become a returning customer. And getting a returning customer to purchase is always cheaper than acquiring a new customer. And this is the perfect time um, to start setting up your email sequence. It is going to take a little bit of time. Email sequences, they can be pretty simple and straightforward. However, you still have to write them out. Um, it's not going to take you just 15 minutes, but that's okay because if you have the time now, then this is the perfect opportunity to set it up. It's one of those things that's that's simple, but not easy. Like I, it can be very tedious. And, and, and you know, when you set up these sequences, you're gonna need to have you know different, different behaviors that you're writing for and different triggers. You know, so this email goes when somebody makes a purchase. This one goes if they haven't made a purchase in, in X number of months. I mean, you, you really have to think it out. So yeah, like you're saying, it, it's, it's a, it's not like rocket science, but also it, it, it's like with leaving a hundred comments a day, there's just no, like you can't snap your fingers and get this stuff done. Yeah, exactly. And if you are not feeling like email is maybe something that you really want to dive into, just dive into it a little bit. So for example, um, you know, setting up an entire email sequence, maybe that seems a little bit intimidating to you. I completely understand. I have helped a lot of my friends who run small businesses set up email sequences. And there is something about email that also can be quite confusing. So that's totally fair. However, start with an abandoned checkout email. Simple, just one email. All this checkout will do when your store is up and running. Um, it will make sure that if a customer abandons their checkout, it will send them an email. You can set this up totally forget about it. And when your business is running and launched, once this has all died down, you will greatly appreciate that you took the time to actually set up that abandoned checkout email. Also, you can actually set up an abandoned checkout email in Shopify for free without installing any app. So this is something that Shopify actually built into the admin. So if you are a little intimidated by getting an email app, you can actually set this up right in Shopify. You can find the tutorial um, on the Shopify help center. It's really straightforward and easy. And I think that this is one 
small adjustment you can make that will make a huge difference to your store down the line. Yeah, there, there, this is a spot where there's really tons to do without paying for stuff. And, and I th there's a lot of high powered email marketing apps that, that do cost money, you know, it might cost 25 bucks a month or, or 40 bucks a month or whatever. And, and if now does not seem like a good time to be paying that, then then don't. But but you could still, you know, write the copy for, for these different sequences or for uh, emails that don't require an app, like Mag is saying with the abandoned cart, for example. I mean, you can do that in Shopify for nothing. I mean, that, that's that's a, a default option in Shopify. So this, there, there's a lot of, of, of space to play here with, without spending money. And, and you know, it's, it's a... It's a sort of channel that once you have it up and running, it's going to be up and running, you know, humming, humming along in the background without you needing to maintain it. It's not like a, a daily sort of thing like like social might be or, or you know, other, other things that require kind of hands-on maintenance. The, the email requires a lot of upfront work, which was not always pretty or, or glamorous, but, but once you get it up and running, you know, it, it's something that's going to be paying dividends for a long time. All right, the next item on here. Number six, redo your website. Magda, we had a podcast last week. We talked to four different e-commerce entrepreneurs who are all struggling right now uh, with the, the coronavirus situation. Uh, their supply chains are screwed up. Their sales are down. They don't know about inventory or shipping. Everything is up in the air. And three of the four had really aggressively redone their website. This is this is the thing that they are doing to occupy themselves. This is this is like what they deemed uh, to be the most urgent slow time task. And so we're talking about new themes, new designs, new product pages, new copy. They really went to town on uh, on their websites. And so why is this a good time to uh, to be investing in the look and feel of the website? I'm so happy to hear that three out of the four of them were aggressively redoing their website because that is a great use of time. When it comes to your online store, it actually takes a lot of time to build it and get all the graphics, have all the product photos and things like that. It might seem deceptively simple, but it's not. So this is the perfect time to sit down and just go ahead and redo your entire website. This might mean rebranding your website. There's a lot of really amazing tools online that you can use to get a new logo like Hatchful by Shopify to find a lot of new photos, for example, Burst. There's lots of free stock photo websites. You can find a huge variety of tools online to redo your website from top to bottom. So use them. If you're not really a pro when it comes to branding, well, lucky for you, there's lots of branding experts online who've pretty much built uh, mini branding packages for any type of subject, um, different types of niches, and you can just use those as inspiration for your own store. Now, it is going to take a little bit of research, but this is the perfect time to do that research. Also, product photos and videos. It seems simple, but you can totally take a lot of new photos of your products. You can use those photos, for example, um, on your social media channels. You can use them in your TikToks. Get really creative. This is the perfect time to be making content. I think with a lot of these topics that we're talking about, you know, you might get overwhelmed with the amount of things that we're suggesting, you know, you start doing. But if you want to get started redoing your website in one place, I would suggest starting with your product page. In the future, when things get back to normal and you want to start running your ads again, after you've taken the Obelo one-on-one course for free, you will be directing your customers to the product page. Most of the time, if you are running ads, you would never send customers or visitors 
to your storefront. That's because you want them to have the quickest avenue to that buy now button in the future. So because of that, your product page needs to be spot on. I would definitely suggest checking out our Instagram um, at Oberlo app or um, our Oberlo blog because we talk with a lot of successful merchants that have foolproof product page checklists for you to follow. And these checklists, it's not a simple one, two, three step checklist. They include GIFs. They include having features and benefits, multiple product angles, um, and lots of other things to include in your product page to make sure that it is fully optimized and ready to go in the future. I think videos are, are an awesome thing to have on those product pages. And I, I think that the videos are not possible with every theme. Maybe you need to pony up for a paid theme to get the, the video. I'm, I'm not sure on that, but I think that like more and more, you know, big e-commerce stores are are just doing that for every single product that there's, there's, I mean, the, the, the product video is the new product photo. And so I think that that's, that's another thing that, you know, you can go ahead and record. And like you said, use it for, use it for social too. There's, you, you know, repurpose the content, but you're absolutely right that the product page is, is where most of the attention should be focused. And I definitely screwed that one up in my first store. I spent, you know, hours upon hours perfecting every word of the homepage. And then, and then I realized that, you know, nobody goes to the homepage. They just go to the product page. Totally. Same with me, David. What, <laughs> what a waste of 10 hours that was, <laughs> but that's why it's important to learn everybody because Thanks to you listening to us right now. Hopefully, you will save 10 hours of your time and uh, you know transfer the 10 hours you would have spent on your homepage actually to your product page. But as we were speaking, David, uh, that actually reminded me. So before I worked at Oberlo, I actually used to work at Shopify. Um, so I just wanted to let everyone know that a lot of the free themes do support video. Oh, so you okay. can definitely add video to your themes. And one other thing that I want to mention, this is kind of a little insider Shopify hack, um, is that everyone who has a Shopify account, so even if you are a... you. So even if you have the basic Shopify account, you are entitled to 30 minutes of free design time. So if you reach out to Shopify support and you have an adjustment you'd like to make, mind you, there's some adjustments you can make, some that you can't unless it is paid, but it never hurts to reach out. You can actually ask them to make some custom changes to your theme. Every new Shopify account comes with 30 minutes of that. So make sure to use it. You know, if you want to add, let's say videos to your product page and your theme doesn't include it, it doesn't hurt to at least reach out to Shopify and ask them if they will be able to do that for you for free. All right, moving on to number seven here, create a budget. And this is one that maybe this should be the first thing somebody does, but but as as you've noted before, Magda, it's actually something that most people don't do. And so uh, what, what what's up with making a budget? How should somebody approach this downtime project? Budget, we've heard it all before. Sounds easy, but do most of us have a budget? Probably not. I am definitely one of those people. I always read about how important it is to budget. And then when it comes to actually budgeting, it is not so easy for me to sit down and make one. But it is extremely important. Um, when it comes to running an online store, you can have a lot of different potential costs. For example, are you going to go with that email marketing app that is going to cost you 25 bucks a month? Or are you going to start for free with Shopify's free email options? Maybe you have more in your budget for that. It all depends, but you won't know that unless you actually sit down 
and write it out. When you are setting a budget, it's really important to set limits for yourself and have next steps available. So one example that I have um, for myself is when I was just getting started with drop shipping, I never knew when to stop running ads for a product and deem it not a winning product and move on to the next one. I didn't know. Are you supposed to you know, wait two weeks of running ads with the product? Are you supposed to spend a hundred bucks to test it? 50 bucks? It can be really confusing. And I would say that it's really important to set limits for yourself. So for example, many drop shippers will multiply the price of their product by three and use that as a rough guideline in terms of when they should uh, stop advertising the product and move on to the next one. This can get really confusing to do if you're doing this in the moment on the fly while you're running Facebook ads. So this is actually the perfect time to start budgeting now. Look at the products that you want to advertise in the future when things are back to normal, um, how you price them, and start setting limits for them now. In addition to, let's say, your monthly account fees from Shopify, any additional apps, you'll be actually able to budget out your store. Now, if you budget out your store early and you realize, whoa, I'm definitely over budget. I definitely do not have this extra amount for Facebook ads, for example. Well, it's a good thing that you decided to budget because there's a lot of other avenues like building the organic social media channels we just talked about, which would be free. So this is the, the perfect time to actually go through the budget and see what your options are beforehand and before you spend your hard earned money. All right, next up, number eight, uh, also tightly related to money, is find alternative ways to bring in income. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of a lot of drop shippers, a lot of, you know, e-commerce side hustlers, they are used to this mindset, but they maybe think about it in terms of, you know, online stores or, uh, you know, the, the sort of you know, drop shipping or, or e-commerce sort of ways to, to bring in money, but there's there's a lot of different ways to bring in money. So what are uh, what are some things that people should think about um, if they are in need of some extra cash these days? That is a great question, David. I think that this entire uh, pandemic has really opened up the conversation about having multiple streams of income. And it's something that is a really not a bad idea for anyone to start looking into, just to make sure that you have another way that you can um, make money. And one of the things that I would suggest is looking into freelancing. You might be wondering, I don't know if I have the skills to be a freelancer, but you can freelance for anything. Um, I would suggest looking into Fiverr or Upwork um, and trying to figure out what you can do to actually make some extra money. And the reason being is whether you would need it for now or to start saving and putting aside into your business for the future. If you're wondering if you have the proper skills to actually freelance, let me give you an example. Uh, a very close friend of mine decided to start doing astrology tarot card readings on Fiverr. She <laughs> is pretty much an e-commerce witch. Now, when she told me about this idea on Fiverr, I thought, well, I've really heard it all. But of course, I always support my fellow entrepreneurs. So I said, you know what? Um, if you feel that there is a need for that online, why not? throw it on there. Would you believe she has had over 10 orders in the last week? She has a perfect five-star review so far. So that should be a testament that you can really freelance anything. And that if you think that it, you might not have the proper skills, 
really think about what you can do best or something that you can actually learn. For example, I learned video editing by myself from YouTube. That is something that I could freelance my skills for. Um, there's a lot of skills that you can learn for free um, that you can also use uh, to start selling on Fiverr or Upwork. So either get creative with the skills you already have or look into what's what's popular and learn those skills. Yeah, and this one's so, so important because it's going to offer flexibility. And I think that this is probably, you know, a topic for its own podcast, but, you know, staying flexible as things get weirder and weirder with the, you know, the growing pandemic and, and the really topsy-turvy situation with the economy, you know, staying out of debt, staying flexible is, I, I think, the most important thing you can do. And so, um, you know, just finding little streams of income here or there. I, I imagine, Magda, your, your tarot card reading friend is not about to retire off of these, you know, 10, 10 readings that she's done, but it's, it's something. And, and, you know, 10 turns into to 50 and then, you know, all of a sudden it's hundreds of dollars or, or thousands of dollars and, and that stuff can matter. So you don't need to have, you know, a, a second stream of income that turns into uh, its own, you know, lucrative business, but, but having anything coming in uh, is valuable and, and the value of it just gets heightened the weirder that, that the economy is. And so, um, you know, that's something that, that I learned, you know, firsthand during the the last recession to to you know pick up a few hundred here and there. It's it's really it's really important because you know, assuming things do get back to normal at some point, uh, it, it, it's going to put you in a better situation. What um, in whether that's for just living or whether that's to invest in the business that you're trying to run, uh, this flexibility and just having something in your back pocket. Uh, is super, super helpful. Yeah, and I think it's really important to mention too. Um, one example I always think about is Chris Wayne. When he started drop shipping, you know, he ex expressed to us that he started drop shipping because he just wanted to be able to have a little bit of extra money to pay for necessities like food um, and, you know, potentially save up to maybe go on one vacation. So it always starts small. Most people do not get started with, um, you know, an extra stream of income thinking this is going to totally take over and I'm going to be able to do this full time. But that's okay because it doesn't necessarily have to, to be that. Um, you know, as long as you get started, I think that's what's the most important thing because even if you get started and, and doesn't necessarily work out, you can be proud that you gave it your best shot with that, that first attempt. And once that first attempt is out of the way, well, then... Maybe you can move on to your second attempt. What was your second idea for a second stream of income? It's a good time to be scrappy. All right, next up, number nine, we have create a healthy workspace. And this is one, you know, we touched on it earlier at the beginning. Uh, I don't know if I'm doing this very well right now, but a lot of people are, are just stuck at home. Uh, no, nothing to do outside. Offices are closed, restaurants are closed, bars are closed. Really advised to just be inside. Um, and that really shines a spotlight on, you know, on what your inside looks like. And so uh, what what can people do, Magda, to have, to have themselves a healthy workspace, which these days might be their living space as well? It's really important to have a healthy workspace. I think it's something that can easily slip your mind and you can read about it. You've probably read about it hundreds of times so far because it seems like that's what people are talking about right now. But it's for a good reason. Um, the first thing I would definitely suggest is exercising. I think that exercise is extremely 
um, important. I was reading a lot of interviews uh, with people who work in the military, and they mentioned that the number one tip they all had for being stuck somewhere was exercising. It helps with your endorphins. Um, it just helps you get the day started, and that is really important for your body, but also for your mind. Now, this is coming from someone who lives in a 25 meter squared studio apartment. So I can assure you if anyone else is thinking, oh, well, you know, you may be saying exercise, but you've got a huge space. No, no, I'm living in a shoebox. And if you are too, <laughs> we can still make it work. You know, you can do yoga or go for walks in the very, very early morning if you are able to, far away from people. There's a lot of ways that you can exercise and, and get your day started. The next thing I would suggest is making room for your work um, and trying not to mix it with personal space. For me, personally, in my shoebox, there's not a lot of places where I can separate the <laughs> two. However, I think that you can also do that in other ways. So for example, when I get started and get ready for work every day, I try my best to get fully dressed, put on my uh, put on the clothes that I would normally wear to the office. Does that always work? No. There are definitely days where I'm working in sweatpants. But on those days, you know, I appreciate that I get to work in sweatpants, for example. But otherwise, I would definitely suggest either getting dressed, um, you know, making sure that you do your skincare routine, um, put on your makeup, do your hair. Uh, just try to, you know, kind of get started and get ready for the day. Put yourself in the mindset of, you know, being in the office or being somewhere else. This will be really helpful for you also after all of this has passed because you'll be able to put yourself in a productive mindset anywhere you are because you've learned those skills now. The next thing that is really important is eating healthy foods. If you are like me, you probably rely on eating out at restaurants or eating at the office, but this is a perfect opportunity for you to cook at home more, which is naturally healthier for you because you see all the ingredients you're using and you're able to just purchase stuff at the supermarket. So use this as an opportunity to maybe learn how to cook some more recipes, but make sure you're eating healthier foods because that also has a huge impact on your mind and on your work. The last healthy workspace tip that I would suggest is making sure you keep your workspace and your home extremely clean. I don't know about you, but if things are a mess, my mind is a mess too. I'm in no state to get started on anything when I can constantly see a mess somewhere. Even something as simple as just wiping down the table or wiping down the counter is gonna make you feel more refreshed, Go ahead and open up the windows since you're stuck inside anyways. You might as well get some fresh air and just really clean your space. It's going to put you in a way better headspace to get work done and you'll actually be able to be a lot more productive. Magda, let's do one more. Number 10 on the list of things that store owners should do uh, and that's stay sane. And I'm curious uh, if you have just real generally speaking, you know, anything that, that you've heard or that you're doing or that you, you know, tested yourself to, uh, to just kind of keep your, your psyche and your soul in check during these uh, kind of insane times that are going on. Yeah, I definitely do have a few tips um, that I think have helped me stay sane. The number one tip is probably exercising, actually. That has had a huge impact um, on being able to stay sane, but Otherwise, I would suggest trying to really focus on the positive aspects of the situation. I know it can be hard to, and that can totally seem like a fake sell, 
But this is a time when most other people are also stuck at home. So I don't know about everyone else out there, but for me, I have never had a time when so many people and old friends have been reaching out to me. And I feel, you know, super social, actually even a little bit more social than before, because now everyone has nothing to do except, you know, reach out to their friends, make sure everyone's doing okay, staying home and just hanging out with them and, you know, being able to touch base with my family, being able to touch base with my friends because we're all stuck at home has really gone a long way in helping the day go by a little bit faster, keeping positive. Also, another thing I would suggest is trying to laugh a little. Uh, of course, this is a very serious situation um, and, you know, you want to take it seriously. But once you've done all the appropriate steps and you are at home, well, it would be nice to laugh a little. So I actually have used this time to find a lot of really funny new podcasts to listen to. Um, I've gone through some old books that are used to really make me laugh. And I think that that is probably what I would suggest. It's not rocket science, but I think it's those small things that help you kind of uh, take a moment and, and kind of get away from the situation a little bit just to kind of clear your head and uh, help keep you sane. Yeah. That's all good. I, I I totally hear you on the the reconnecting with people uh, front. I mean that's that's something. I mean I'm in the the biggest email thread I think I've ever been in right now, uh, and it's just it's aunts and uncles and cousins and and people that I don't see and haven't talked to, and you know some of them for 15 years, I mean, which is not great, but uh, it's a it's a big family that's spread out all over the place, and so. Um, it, it is, it is, you know, in a, in a weird way, this isolation is, is kind of bringing people together. Well, Magda, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to chat and for, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with, with the Overload YouTube channel, Magda is, is also on a lot of videos that we have over there, uh, dishing out some, some knowledge video style as well. Uh, but, uh, we appreciate you, uh, double dipping and joining us on the podcast, Magda. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for having me, David. And, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to keep your head held high. We will get through this together. All right. Thanks again to Magda for uh, giving us that hour. We really appreciate it. We also appreciate you sticking around with us. If you're looking for more, you can find all you'd ever want at the Oberlo blog, the Oberlo YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. There's also a bunch more podcast episodes that you should obviously check out uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to reach out to me or to the podcast team, shoot us a note at podcast at and we will be talking to you soon. 